0: Hello and welcome to the Divine Feminine Leaders podcast. My name is Celeste Hartwell and I am so excited to have you with us today. The Divine Feminine Leaders podcast is a feminine view of entrepreneurship for women by women. And I want to let you know that if you're attracted to this work, it's because you are here to do really amazing things in the world. And likely you've already done really amazing things in the world, but you may not be giving yourself credit. And so we're here to inspire you to know that every piece of your journey has been for your betterment, for the betterment of humanity, of consciousness. And today I am so honored and so grateful to have with me Ina Lucas. And Ina helps people break through their biggest relationship health, and money issues quickly and easily with divine guidance. She channels a collective of non-physical teachers called the Alchemists, and together with the Alchemists, Ina has helped people around the world free themselves from weight issues, phobias, anxiety, parenting problems, financial fears, business blocks, health issues, and more. Ina's unique approach combines playfulness and levity with laser-focused intuitive skills, shamanic healing, and interdimensional soul soul work that allows people who are ready to create a shift in their life have fast, fun, life-changing results. She lives and plays in her magic treehouse in NCT, Encinitas? I'm going to say it greatly. Yeah, Encinitas. Okay, California. So thank you so much, Ina, for joining us today. Welcome. Oh, Thank you, honey. Thanks.
1: It's such an honor to be here. Thank you.
0: I love Ina and her work. And this was, you know, I, I really tune into who shows up for this podcast. And I met Ina many years ago in a business program that we were both a part of. And I've talked about on this podcast before, Abraham Hicks. I love people who channel, um, I guess, flamboyantly. I I don't know what else words, but like publicly and say like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Because, you know, in ancestral, like in our lineage, there was so much uh, stigma around that. And, And coming into this awareness that we have today, when we realize that we are all channels um. but not everybody has come to that yet. And so I applaud you. I celebrate you for doing this work, and I love your work. I've worked with Ina multiple times. Her work is incredible. I cannot speak highly enough about it. So, again, I just wanted to wax poetic a little bit about you, like I love you so much, <laughs> and I really appreciate you being here. <laughs> thank
1: you. Uh, thank you, honey. Yeah, and it's so um in the work that I do and the so the the alchemists who I channel um often talk about how um we each have our unique skill set like our own specific intuitive gifts and skills that are our own unique toolbox and every one of us has our own unique toolbox that is necessary on the planet at this time Um, at this time of awakening, like, you know, yes, we are all channels and yes, we all bring through different elements that were based on the life, you know, this series of life events that we've lived in this physical life. And then also our soul lineage and, you know, in this carnation, the gifts and skills, like that's a lot of the work that I do is bringing through the intuitive gifts and skills of all the lifetimes of our soul lineage that we're bringing in and like you said because of that um the it's like it's scary yeah. like for me for me like I didn't I didn't want to be a channel. I was never like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to close my eyes and do weird things and <laughs> talk in a different voice <laughs> publicly in front of people. Like, no, that was not I was like, I didn't sign up for that, but apparently I did because the alchemist just came to me and my whole journey really has been um, pushing myself continually out of my comfort zone, like wanting to feel like I, you know, at each stage of coming out of my spiritual closet um, has really been that kind of, um, you know, that, you know, our, all our, our own hero's journey where we're pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. But when, when we line up with what it is that we came here to do, like when we really tap into our gifts and skills and bring them into the world, it's it's like stepping into your own skin. And I like, I cannot imagine doing anything else than what I do at all. And then the universe wraps itself around you, around you and supports you financially, physically, in bringing your work into the world. And the more we resist it, The more we resist who we are that's where the physical symptoms show up that's where the financial symptoms show up that's where the relationship symptoms show up is the more we push away from who we really are the more out of whack we get
0: i love that thank you so much for bringing that up because it is really true and i think we just we live in this culture that tells us but you have to go to work for the money and you have to you know what i mean like there's all of this systemic beliefs that are telling us that to, that to be spiritual is almost like uh, a luxury and to live in your divinity, to live in your knowing, to live in your truth, to live in bliss, um, to live because it is blissful, right? Like it's it's completely where you're at home and it's really powerful.
1: Yeah it's it's blissful, and it's dark and scary, and it's shadow work and it's the roller coaster of going deep into those places where the fear is. It's being it's it's the whole journey of living your spirituality. I mean, for me, it's like I, I walk and talk and live my spiritual journey daily. And my work is my life. And, you know, like where I live, like I live in my magic tree house and everywhere there's altars throughout the house. Like my home is my sanctuary. And, um, and my, me bringing the work through that I bring through. I have to have ritual. I have to have daily ritual. I have to have daily ceremony. It's like, it's like living the modern day shamanic life. Like, what does that look like? It doesn't just look like uh, something you post on Instagram. It's actually, (laughs) it's like living in the container of ritual. And that's, I mean, like what you a lot of what you your work is, is is bringing the divine feminine and female entrepreneurs, right? And like, how do we how do we run a business from a feminine model, from a spiritual model, not the kind of masculine business coaching model that so much of us, so many of us, were taught, and and honoring that feminine um, way of operating from our own. Rhythm, like I love um, kate northrop 's book do less have you read Have you read that book mm-hmm. she She brings in the powerful concept of um, of of working within our own cycles so um, so uh, while men cycle every twenty four hours women cycle every 28, 30 days with our moon cycle, right, and in that cycle of uh, of ovulation and um, like when you're ovulating that's when you're magnetic that's when you want to be out there in the world on social media when you're actually bleeding when you're on your period that's the fertile void that's when we go inward Mm. and we have downtime and so there's this whole four parts of our menstrual cycle but when you start tapping into wait we have a cycle that isn't just launch launch push push go go it's not that masculine way of just being on overdrive all the time it's um like our body naturally goes through the cycles of the fertile void and then coming and going inward and then having the emergence where the ideas are born and then it's brought into ovulation and our magnetism and then at the end of our cycle each month is that culmination energy
0: where we get stuff done that i've never heard of that
1: do less cape northrop um
0: oh my god that and it makes so much sense and why we're just so vastly different the men and the women and and i mean i also often say too like there is the space for the divine masculine right like the divine feminine is the intuition that's just been kind of hammered out and buried in our culture um and it's just inviting her back in it's the intuition it's the ease it's the flow of life and then inviting in the divine masculine to take the action on the creative ideas and the 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 nuggets that come up so i i love that thank you for sharing that and i mean i think that brings up a really great point too because you are a mom like you have children you're leading retreats and traveling around the world and all of that. So talk to us a little bit about how you balance that and how can you have it all, Ina? I want to I want to like hear like cuz I feel like you do. Like I feel like you live an abundant lifestyle um in love and in and in seeing the wounds and doing the inner healing work all the time. Um, but also managing your business and managing your family and all of that?
1: Yeah, I would say um, I absolutely love my life. Like I am at a point where like – All the areas of my life are really in a humming and singing place. But when I say that, I don't mean it in a, like, because there's nobody out there that has some perfect life. And that kind of like, you know, just the whole social media world that makes everybody look so sparkly to me, that's like... Like, the deeper we go into our shadows and our darkness, and the more we do that deeper excavation work, the higher we can go. And so, like, for me, what my life looks like right now is, yes, like, I live in Encinitas, California. I can walk to the beach. I live in my magic tree house. I have amazing kids. I I have created my life doing what I love to do and and really making it work in an amazing way but as i say that like it has been a deep journey of doing inner work and it's still a journey and there are still areas that i am definitely working on but but the process of it has like i've gotten more refined in how i create my days and my boundaries and lots of white space and lots of uh Okay. So just to to like, to bring in ritual and ceremony as a container. So just like talking about how I've kind of created my life and what I've learned through kind of refining how I do what I do is first of all, like the, there's, there's rhythm and ritual in my day every day, you know, like I, I, uh, you know, I have my morning routine. I have my uh, my breath work that I do, like my my physical uh, work that I do and then my altar work that I do. And um, and like the the calling in of the directions, the intention that happens um, and those bringing in like whatever your version of container or ritual is. That kind of set point creates the container one of my favorite alchemist quotes is ritual ritual is the container through which the sacred flows. Ritual is the container through which the sacred flows. so when you have whatever that ritual looks like for you, whether it 's journaling um, you know morning exercises morning uh, uh, cacao, you know your tea, whatever however you set it up. When you have some form of ritual in your day in your weeks, in your months, um, that creates the container uh, that allows the sacred to come through the divinity to come through and so that 's how I really um, have learned to develop my life and i'm still i 'm still in process with this, like this running running a business from that from our our feminine operating system is such a a work in progress because we're literally creating it like it hasn't been created before we're just at this point in time where you know, we went through the whole like women in the work world and, you know, like pushing that way and we had to go into the masculine and we're literally creating something that hasn't been created before. So I'm in conversation a lot with all my female colleagues of like, how do we do this? What does this look like? So going back to the ritual piece and, and kind of, um, the, the flow piece, um, you know, what I've learned is that my days when i'm channeling um like i have to set up my work week so that um i only work with clients tuesday wednesday thursday like i had to get clearer and clearer of if i'm all over the place if i'm channeling these days like when i'm channeling i'm in that theta state and and it's wonderful and magical but then I need to be able to have downtime. I need to be able to recharge to do my work and I need days where I'm actually working on my business and to work on my business after I've been channeling for people. Like it's just, that's, it's, it's a different, it can flow. But what I've realized is the tighter my container is. So I only have these set hours that I channel for people. And then you know my mondays are my 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 work on my business days kind of thing you know so i have the more refined i've gotten my week the more space the more white space i've created for myself the more downtime the more sacred time i've created for myself the more money i've made like i'm it really is the less i'm working now the more you know six figures i am yeah i love and that. And it's necessary because you saying to the universe, I'm not going to like keep grabbing and doing and trying to fill in, you know, my weekends and, and okay, I'll work this day. I'll work that day. Like that's just the energy of bringing more overwhelm and anxiety and chaos to you. But when you're saying, no, these are my boundaries. These are the days that I work this is my downtime you know like i have to i have to float i have to do my sensory deprivation tanks you know like the self care rituals like walking on the beach swimming in the ocean going outside grounding like those kind of self care things the they become more and more non-negotiable that's the thing for me is my non-negotiables have gotten higher and higher my self-care not it's just like this is now non-negotiable you know floating breath work um you know like uh now i know you do silent retreats like i did a five-day silent retreat um by myself just totally my own silent retreat out on 600 acres with no human contact for five days, um, a couple of months ago. And, and like, and I know you know that because I know you've done, you do like month long ones. Right. And when you do that, like what I got was like, this is my new non-negotiable. Like I have to do this quarterly, at least quarterly, five days of silence with no other external stimulation on me. And so that's kind of been the building of my system is, more and more boundaries, more and more sacred space, more and more um, connection to self that then has created all of this, you know, more freedom, more abundance, more connection more love i mean it really is it's like it's saying yes to us and it's saying yes to our gifts and simultaneously my my skills just become more freaking badass all the time like my abilities just keep coming in and coming in and getting bigger and bigger and and they wouldn't be if i was scattering myself all over the place
0: and i love where I feel like this conversation is going because this self-care component in so much of our culture, we've been made to feel like it's selfish and you can't do that. And, um, there's all this noise about it. And I'm ca- I've called bullshit before and I still will call bullshit. Like here's the thing that I've been learning from interviewing women. The self-care is actually the key to success it is, it is the non-negotiable. Like, I I mean, I think I shared this with you a little bit before we recorded, like last week, my body, and I posted this on Facebook. My body was asking, um, you know, for, for a hot tub or a hot bath or a float or another chiropractor visit. And I kept saying, no, 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 I'll do it on Saturday. I'll do it on Saturday. And then Friday night, my body said, you're done. I'm sorry. Like I've, I've continually asked you, That intuition has continually been the communication was there and so i got sick and that's why i'm a little bit hoarse now even still but it it, and so i was like oh and then and then having some humor about it and going oh i thought i was so good at this self-care thing and it's a practice it's a practice it's a practice it's
1: totally a practice And we are all just works in progress.
0: Right. We
1: are all just works in progress. Like we are all just doing our best. And then we get, you know, these reminders. But I love that the more we take care of ourselves, the more non-negotiable it comes and it becomes. And the more balanced our lives have become. And, you know, for me, another you know, piece is just like in creating all of that, it's like just letting go of drama in my life. You know, the dra- that's been a very conscious thing for me um, in this past year is just releasing drama, like drama in my mind, drama in my head, D- just any forms of of that kind of, you know, external desire because we we get it now. Like it's like, and what's fascinating is you start to release really drama like you know, just cutting the cutting relate any relationships that just aren't like balanced and and mutually uplifting, mutually nourishing, you know, it's like uh just having that close inner circle of friends that I have that are all you know, that that loving, mutual uplifting. All of that so, but what's interesting is, um, yeah, I really have been on a mission to let to release all the different levels of drama in my life, but then realizing, oh, once I started letting go of drama, I realized like we are really actually so addicted to it, you know it 's like binge watching TV it's like we are binge watching it for drama, and I start, my, when my life started becoming drama free, then I realized that I started like. Looking like I had a friend that I had a friend that had a lot of drama in her life and I'd be like calling her up and just sort of like eating popcorn, you know, like listening to all of her drama and going, oh my God. Like, and then I just had to like, let go of that because it's like, wow, we are so overstimulated constantly constantly constantly, that we're just used to this state of overstimulation and external <laughs> external stimulus that triggers that, you know, that uh, endorphin kind of response that, that Facebook does to us, that Instagram does to us, that that is designed to overstimulate our brains. But the freedom that happens... Oh, yeah. freedom that happens when we just drop into, you know, love and, and connection and being with what comes up Mm -hmm. without it being dramatic, you know, just, I think that's such a powerful part of the place that I've come to is that stuff still happens in my life, right? Like mold, you know, in my house, like my kid, you know, my son, like I'm down and coughing, like, you know, like there's still stuff, like the life things that happen that you have to deal with, but like really dropping in and releasing the emotional part of it in releasing the emotional response of guilt and shame and mothering guilt my like, yeah, God! like that's a big one that i've just been really releasing of realizing you know something happens and then as a parent you have all this like <gasps> guilt and i didn't do enough or i should have and then once you start like actually letting go of parenting guilt yeah.
0: mothering guilt
1: that's like a whole other level of like that's a drama in and of itself it is us thinking that like our kids are victims somehow because that's what you do if you're if you're looping in parenting guilt you are somehow thinking that your kid you're disempowering your kids making them be victims of your parenting which is so wrong like it's so off our kids are fully empowered beings and like as conscious parents if we're being conscious parents you know We're living in an empowered relationship with our kids and if we're having conversations, even in the moments we're like, ooh, that was like I fucked up there, you know? And then we have a conversation with them about it, like there's just nothing like all of my so that's been a huge aha lately is like, wow, I actually don't have to carry that guilt anymore and the freedom and liberation that comes with that.
0: Well, and again, we have the, this culture that tells us that if we aren't feeling guilty or feeling bad in some way, then we don't care. And again, that's bullshit. And it's interesting. I'm personally not a biological mother, although I grew up caretaking all my siblings and, and, and have stepchildren. But I always, like, whenever I hear someone say that, it's not to be, you know uncaring towards their feelings your feelings are always valid but there's this space where when you come into this conscious awareness that we're all souls on our own journey and every child has chosen their parents for a specific reason you can't fuck it up there is no fucking it up they mm-hmm. chose you for a reason mm-hmm. they chose you because they wanted to learn the lessons that they're learning from you whether it's fun or it's not they came here with that intention whether they know it or not whether they're conscious of it or not and and once we can like flip i, I just felt really called like somebody needed to hear that right like the, it's okay you can't mess it up <laughs> like there is no messing it up so thank you for speaking on that
1: well and you know my kids are now 17 and 19 and um you know I I look at these I just I love them so much they're such amazing humans that I just love hanging out with and I'm like seeing all the results of of how I did parent them and when they were little like I was running a business. I had a, I was a landscape designer. I had a retail nursery, wholesale nursery. Like I had, you know, all these employees and I was a mom. Like I homeschooled my kids for 14 years. So they were with me all the time. I didn't have childcare. I was an attachment parent. I was breastfeeding them. I like, I had so much on my plate and, um, and you know, there were times where I would freak out, like, you know, like, ah, you know, like, (laughs) "Ah!" like, where you just scream and you yell. And like, afterwards, you're like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I lost it on them. But the times that I did that, I would always, um, you know <laughs> do whatever I needed to do to bring myself back in, but like I would never let the day go by or even hours go by where I would come back to them, and I would say, "I am so sorry." Yeah. I'm so sorry that I freaked out on you. That was not your fault. It was not your fault. I was completely overwhelmed, I had this stuff going on, and I take full responsibility. I am so sorry that i that I freaked out on you like that and I And I always took ownership of the times that I did, that I did, I was totally stressed. I was totally overwhelmed, you know, and it really wasn't what they were doing. If I wasn't stressed and overwhelmed, I wouldn't be reacting to them just being kids. Right. And so the beauty of that is that like now as teenagers, you know, if they do something, like if they're like, "Ah," you know, like. A teenage girl like they're emotional right and they're like <laughs> like that's what happens when you're a teenager and then you like you know and uh and you know I watch them take accountability you know like my daughter will be like you know I'll be like are you upset with me right now like like I just want to know like are we clear because you know like if her moods <laughs> A teenage girl moody yeah. you know and she'll and she'll just be like you know oh my god mama i'm so sorry no like i'm not actually i'm i like i'm in my stuff right now and i didn't realize that i was projecting that onto you and i'm so sorry like full accountability you know and that's just it like we're 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 all just walking each other home, even as parents with our kids, like as parents, we're just evolving. And as long as we're vocalizing our self-development process, our kids are witnessing us being humans in process because they're humans in process too, nobody's perfect. But if they can witness you in your imperfection and you can be vocal about it, like I'm just, I watch my kids in awe now of, of how they show up in the world but it's it's because they're they're authentic and they've witnessed me loving them like so crazy much while being human and taking accountability for it yeah because we can't like there's no nobody's perfect You know, there is no, there is no perfect. It's just all this like unfolding process of human awakening and evolution.
0: And I will say too, as someone who was raising my sisters in a a lot of different ways, um, and then with stepchildren, I was not super conscious during that. And, but I did apologize when I felt that I needed to. And, and, and I apologized years later when I realized really how, how bad I had fucked up in some places, right? Like, so there's always this, there's always room for forgiveness. There's always room if somebody feels like, oh, but I don't go to my kids like on the same day, or I've never said that to my kids. Like, it's okay. We can start wherever we are. right? That's, that's.
1: Exactly. I've been having so many ahas around this. So, um, so last year when my kids turned 16 and 18, I am, I was like, okay, there's a surprise day, like leave this day open. And then I gave them like a little list, like you're going to need to bring a swimsuit and a flashlight and a journal. And I throw in some other things that they don't really, that they wouldn't really know (laughs) So just to kind of, like, we're going on an adventure. You have no idea where you're going. And um, and, uh, and <coughs> I took them up to um, Glen Ivy Hot Springs, which is this, like, luxury hot spring resort um, with, like, 17 pools of, like, mineral baths and clay baths and, hot you know, hot uh, plunges and cold plunges and, um, you know, steam rooms. And it's just this, like, total... Luxury experience, but they had no idea where we were going. And um, and so when we got there and pulled in the parking lot, I had little um, little gift bags for each of them, and I had written out um, like on a scroll. I gave them like some crystals and um, and and what I wrote to them was, when you guys were little, I had no idea what self care was and what you witnessed growing up was me and papa working our butts off continually and never taking time for ourselves and it took me decades to learn how to love myself and to learn how to give myself self-care and so what i want for you at this at this time of initiation of you my daughter turning 16 my son coming into adulthood is what i would love is for you to to learn at this age the importance of self-care because you had no models for it growing up (laughs) in your younger years. They're seeing it now, right? Yeah. And, um, and, it was such an extraordinary experience. Like we spent the whole day there. It's like, we came out as different people, you know, like we went in and, you know, like did Jedi warrior skills of plunging between the hot water and, you know, and cold water plunges, like, you know, just teaching them all of these techniques of dropping into your body and, and on the way, home you know I was talking to them about um you know creating buckets like financial buckets like when you make money that you put money into your future savings that you put it into you know first into your daily expenses but that you always have a bucket for self-care and you start putting money away for self-care so and you know self-care can it doesn't mean luxury spas all the time but like But yes, like some form of that kind of self-care every few months or whatever it means, but self-care daily, like going for walks, breath work, meditating, like your daily self-care and then your bigger rituals of self-care. And immediately after that, like my son like set up all his bank accounts and now he just deposits money and like, you know, at 18 started creating investment accounts and creating self-care accounts. And um, it's like they got it. So, so I'm just sharing that story because it really showed me that the, mis- that the mistakes <laughs> that we, um, it's not, there's never mistakes, but like the things that I wasn't conscious of when they were little that I feel guilty as a parent that I wasn't showing them the example of, you're not messing up. Like there's always a learning point, always a learning point.
0: I love that. And, and so what comes up for me is I want to talk a little bit about your journey into this line of work, into channeling and how you came into it. Cause I know I've heard your story and I know you personally, but I just feel really called. I think that was a great like segue into how did you, how did you become Ina Lucas, the channeler of the alchemists? Um.
1: Yeah. Well, I actually, I worked in horticulture for 20 years. So I worked in the plant world and I was a landscape designer and I had a nursery. And through that process, I was very connected Um I was like when I would be gardening, when I would be outside and working with plants, like it really, like I would just start to receive downloads. I would start to receive information and I had a garden school. Like I would teach classes and I always brought like a spiritual element of, you know, because there's so much symbolism in gardening that relates to life and spirituality. Um, But then as a landscape designer, I, 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 when I would show up at a client's house, I always knew that I had my divine team and they had their divine team. And, and I knew that my human brain had the encyclopedic knowledge of all of the different plants and their energies and their harmonies and how they work together. But I knew that it wasn't about me putting my designs on my clients. It was about receiving and bringing through what it was that, they wanted to create. So I would ask, you know, like, what are the emotions that you want to feel in your, in your yard and how do you want to feel? And then I would, and then I, you know, I would go pick plants cause we had our own nursery and, um, and I would start to just, you know, I would say at the time I was like getting in the zone and I could feel like what plant to put where, like my body would be guided as to what to, what to put where and really what, you know, looking back, realizing that that was actually, my early kind of channeling state which anybody does if you're an artist or a musician or a sports player like like you said starting out like we're all channels and channeling is really about getting out of our own way and so so I had all that time of like getting out of my way and you know my my intention was always to be of greatest service to whoever I was to whoever my client was, that it's not the Ina show, that it's like, how can I be of greatest service to bring through, to be a clear conduit for the environment that wants to be created in their yard? And, um, and I would always come back, you know, so I'd be guided, I'd lay things out and then I'd come back like a couple weeks later and I'd be like, oh my God, like, do you see how like this rhythm is moving here and it's lining up with like these colors on the house and these angles here that I wasn't conscious of when I was actually doing it. But, but like coming back, so I would always be like, I know, like I physically like this out, but I didn't do this. Right. <laughs> like, like it just came through. And, um, and so, so, you know, as I just saying that really, like we all have our own, that process of us getting out of our own way and allowing spirit to move through us was what kind of started bringing through um, me being able to receive then blocks of thought. And, you know, so then my head would start turning, I'd start to, so the alchemist came to me, like I would just start hearing, I would have messages um, coming through me. And yeah, I mean, a whole process of, um, they started coming through me and really realizing that that, um, it was unstoppable. It was that kind of horses at the gate. And like, I, I couldn't hold it back and simultaneously it was scary as hell yeah. like the first time i was um my friend daniel scranton asked me to come onto his podcast and channel live for like an unknown audience and my first reaction was i would rather be dead like shoot me now okay yes It was like it was like it's it was it's been a constant process of wanting to throw up, like of of like like channeling in front of people, channeling for strangers, and like so that whole process was just continually pushing myself out of my comfort zone, but having such a strong knowing that this is what I'm here to do, and so so now I've moved from just so it used to be that I was just channeling the alchemist, but then through that process whole new levels of work have been coming through because now it's much more, um, my work is far more shamanic, like really ultimately it's shamanic healing that's coming through. And so the channeling was the initial stages of it, but now it's like, now it's like, I have just this like ancient medicine woman, like light language coming through and I do hands on healing and, and, um, and really, uh, my work is has always been laser focused on getting to the root of what's going on. You know, people are talking up here and I'm always like, I'm always focused on what's the deeper root of what's going on. So I always say that like, I have one speed and that's deep. I can't do anything but go deep. (laughs) I can't exist in shallow. I can't small talk. It's like, (laughs) I'd rather be dead than be caught in conversations up here. You know, like I have to go deep. So that um so yeah it's just been a continual um process of evolution of of accessing my shamanic soul lineage of I've just lived and I I've, I've lived lifetime of lifetime of being a shaman, a healer, like in in all of these cultures and these past life memories keep coming back to me and I get activated by those gifts and skills. So now it's like I'm just, I'm calling in my gifts and skills from all of those lifetimes that are are coming into play. So my work is just so multidimensional now. It blows my mind. It just blows my mind. And that's the thing, the more we get out of our own way, in our head, the more we get out of our own drama, the more we, the more we create more space in our lives. The more we connect into our cycles of, you know, downtime and uh, and um, you know, and visibility. Like I was saying, you know, the the menstrual cycles and bringing ritual and container into that, into our daily lives, into our weekly life, you know, like all of that. The more alive we become. And so now it's just, it just feels like I've taken off a Scooby-Doo suit after Scooby-Doo suit after, you know, like, like all these layers of who I thought I was. And now it's just every day, it's more and more of just uh, that being a blended being of, you know, 5 Dness of just spirit and human form, allowing, allowing myself to be, a channel in the biggest sense of just being in service, being in service, being in service while so, having defined boundaries yeah. and containers. Ritual. And
0: boundaries even with spirit, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I call that because I've had to have boundaries with spirit myself. Mm. Like I am not that person's personal profit unless they are a client or unless they are open to the information.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not my job to babysit other people's growth. It's mm-hmm. for them to decide. So I've, I've definitely laid some pretty strict boundaries with spare myself around some people. But what came up for me was when you mentioned 5D, like I'm fairly certain I know what 5D means, but just for anyone who is not aware of that particular terminology, because I feel like we're really on the spiritual end here and I love it because I <laughs> eat it up and this is like my zone, but I also want to be very uh, aware and kind to anyone who's not up here with us. So how would you define 5d? Um, well, uh,
1: Kind of in general terms, we're at a time of, and this is just uh, <laughs> coming from my own perspective, um, and many other, I mean, a lot of people are channeling on this now. There's a lot of teachers that talk about it and people, but that that um, we're at a time of planetary shift where we're, where we're shifting out of 3D into 5D. And the way that I would generally describe it is, coming out of denser energy into a higher frequency state of being and 3d is being caught up in that drama and being uh it's like when we still have the blinders on and we don't uh we don't. We're not fully aware of who we are, and as we're coming out of 3D, it's like we're starting to wake up. We're starting to wake up. We're starting to wake up to the bigger, broader part of who we are, and in the waking up to the bigger part of part broader part of who we are, that drama and those human suits start to fall away. And so, 5D is um, is a is just it's, uh and I mean. I am using human words, like higher frequency, but really, it's, I don't even like to use higher or lower, but let's just say it's, it's a heightened state of ease, like 5D is like, like, synchronicity you know like it's like
0: you think of something and it happens it
1: happens yes manifestations creations just happening quickly easily and you not getting caught up you know like understanding that whatever is happening around you is happening for you and and so you're just working in a state of like not oh my god why didn't this happen to me and oh I can't believe where instead it's just like oh okay this situation popped up cool like you know it's a pop-up from the universe what's here for me yeah where it's like oh how am i reacting like i love the example of we're actually moving on a an upward spiral right so as we're evolving like we're spiraling upward and so you may think well why is this situation happening to me again but it's really like it may seem like an old situation, but you've actually shifted and evolved. And so that situation's coming to you, giving you an opportunity to react to it in a different way than you have before. And there's still some like little remnants of clearing, like it's just the residual, you know, to me, it's like, it's the residual stuff of, uh, oh, I still hold on to guilt there. I still hold on to indebtedness there. There must be something that wants to be cleared. And so it's just, it clears easier, the yahas are bigger. And I mean, it's a lot of being in the state of like, oh my God can you believe this is like what like wow and time falling away like the Gregorian calendar where it's just like what what deep what's going on like you know where time just you're falling out of time and you're really living in a state of flow which is why I love you know ritual and ceremony being a part of like that's more of how time is created for me now is like connecting into the moon cycles the celestial cycles the equinoxes the solstices like the the turning of the wheel of the year and um and and you know moving into more p- points of synchronicity rather than um you know, plotting, planning, and you still need, you know, like, I need to re- plan my retreat into to Peru is in March, my retreat to Egypt is in October, like I, I have my 2020, ca- I've had my 2020 calendar, wall calendar up, uh, you know, for several months now, because I need to plan where I'm going, so that there's spaciousness in I have yes I'm going to like uh, my friend Janet you know Janet Raftis beautiful amazing master healer Janet Raftus and I are um, are now creating sacred activation journeys where the two of us are taking people to sacred activation sites around the world and we're summoning together uh, tribes of people who are. Uh, who are coming together to be activated and to activate in these sacred sacred sites around the world, so we need destination like we need geographical locations with a time space reality that are then the beacon point where we 're calling people in and to have some spaciousness around that so that there 's time and flow for people to show up and it can happen where retreats could be more spontaneous by all means, but there 's like a calmness in that kind of base of the pyramid feeling of um of and i'm still speaking to 5d here like um the alchemists talk about like oftentimes we're we're in we're an upside down pyramid where you're like in overwhelm and you're like oh my god life is like oh this is happening and that is happening and i'm speaking from experience here <laughs> You know it's like, "Oh my God,' you know, like it's, just, it's wobbly, it's yeah. wobbly, and we're not rooted and so so much of the work that I do and that I work with clients is is writing the pyramid so that we're so that we're a grounded, focused pyramid with all four corners in the ground grounded into the earth and that we're stable our base of the sta- pyramid is stable our fi- our financial stability is stable you know our relationship everything is stable and then uh, so our our human physical material world is stabilized and then that point of the pyramid is where we connect into source so we're like we're grounded we're stable and we're connected to source and so that like bringing in that pyramid energy we can operate in the feminine operating system um, being grounded and having spaciousness so how do i like because you as an entrepreneur you have to have the containers of this is the program that i'm going to create you know um, and you know, so that you have your baseline income coming in with
0: flow in that. And it's important to know the energetic container to be able exactly. to hold the space for your clients. Yeah. And, and this just is coming up for me, but like for anyone who is an entrepreneur, who's listening to this, if you're wondering why your halted at a certain point in your business not getting more clients not making more money whatever it's always because you need to grow that container always Mm -hmm. and it's something that's not talked about in the traditional business world like that's just not that's just not a space that that talks about the importance of our energetic systems and how important it is to do that work So thank you because it's really important. It is important to be grounded. So many of us go out of our bodies. We just, we're not, you know, it's easier to not be in our body, to meditate Mm -hmm. out of our body. And I, I speak from experience here. I meditated out of my body for a long time because it was too painful to be in my body.
1: Well, I, I am glad that you brought that up because that's been um, just a, a a really big awareness for me in this past year or so of um, of working with people so in in shamanic cultures around the world um, in all cultures like the a base belief of shamanism is that when there is um A disease in the body or some kind of uh, thing going on when shamans are going in to heal uh, the belief is that that disease or that um, you know the money stuff whatever the relationship stuff came from some form of soul loss so shamans do soul retrievals right so when you experience a trauma as a child uh, an emotional trauma a physical physical abuse sexual abuse it can be extreme or it can be falling off a bike, um, uh, going into surgery, going under anesthesia. Um, uh, just at my lounge the other day, I was saying this someone one realized, oh my God, she fell off her horse when she was little and was in a coma for two days. So those kind of things that, and it can be as simple as a teacher making a remark to you in class and you feeling that like, <clears throat> like that, being shamed in front of a class, just some kind of, some, whatever, if you're really sensitive, like it can be something that someone said that caused so much pain that part of you leaves. So part of you leaves, part of your soul actually checks out. And so that three-year-old part of you is gone. That five-year-old part of you is gone. And this is why people who have had trauma happen, like they can't remember a year of their life or they can't remember high school or they can't remember like some part that memory's just gone because literally part of their soul left. So then we're walking around like Swiss cheese. And what happens, especially if you're empathic is part of you has gone, part of your's gone, part of yours gone. And then you start taking in other people's energy. And then you start getting filled up with your mother and your father. And if you're in that empathic narcissist thing, then the narcissist come in and the empathic and your Swiss cheese and you're filled with everybody else's energy. And then you're an upside-down pyramid, and only 20% of you is here, and the rest of your soul has like left from all these points of trauma. And so at a baseline. So much of the work that I do with people now is when they're fragmented is doing soul retrievals and going into the lost parts of them, bringing back their three-year-old and doing the healing work on that part of them and actually integrating and bringing in the soul fragments, the soul splinters and clearing everybody else's energy out of your body and then bringing all the parts of you home. And then when you're home, like, it's crazy. I watch people like, you know, in 20 minutes or, you know, like in one session or at the end of an hour where they're like, I didn't realize I've not been in my body my whole life. They're like, oh my God, I can actually feel myself in my body. They look different. It's like a spiritual makeover of bringing their whole soul home. I, I mean, it's it blows my mind what happens when people come home because they don't realize that they haven't been here. But they, that feeling of like, I never quite feel like myself or like, I just, I'm just like, I never quite, there's just this confusion or this, you know, like, what is my mission? I don't, all of those feelings of just not feeling quite there, you know, are just, ah, that, that's also from my perspective and everyone has different perspectives, but in the work that I do that, and that's what creates PTSD. So if you're not all here, if your soul is not all in your body and then a situation happens and you get triggered, the PTSD like keeps you, it's like, that's what I'm learning is, is that when all of you is home, when all of your soul is here, there is no PTSD because you're fully here and there's not that reaction space that comes from (gasps) not like, it makes me want to go like be with homeless vets, you know, and start bringing their souls back.
0: Right. Well, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. It's just when you were talking about that, I felt like I myself was getting an activation. Like this is actually a lot of the work that I've done with myself of, like, bringing back the pieces of my soul and bringing back and, and seeing those parts. And it's interesting because you do, once you, I mean, this is just a testament to the work that you're clearly doing with people, but, like, a testimony. But once you have all those pieces, like, I had a traumatic time in March where my partner got hit, hit in the throat with a hockey stick um, cause he was playing hockey. Uh, he ended up staying in the hospital for two nights. We were in Vegas, we were on vacation. And then literally as soon as he got discharged, I got called that a family member had a heart attack. And so I needed to go like back to Iowa instead of coming back home to Vermont on the way home. And I was so grounded. And I think actually it felt like my groundedness was actually triggering for certain people um but i just saw what was happening and i was like but nobody's dead everybody's okay i mean yeah it kind of throws a wrench in my plans but let's be honest spirit was telling me to go back home and i hadn't picked i hadn't made those reservations so this is the way to like just get me to go home um so nothing bad happened you know what i mean like it wasn't it wasn't catastrophic to me i just found it more amusing and that's what that is the power of doing the soul retrieval work like and doing the inner healing work and it is like you just move through instead of you know and i had friends go oh i'm so sorry all that happened to you and i'm like i'm not it was funny i mean i thought it was hilarious i didn't laugh in people's faces who just were in the hospital but I kind of did with my beloved a little bit cause I was like, why do you think you created this? <laughs> I'm like, I may not be the most, comp-, you know, <laughs> if you, if you want somebody to be kind <laughs> to you, I was compassionate, but I, but I also wasn't holding space for the victim space, right? Like, yeah. you we're not a victim in this. We've all co-created these, these, uh, circumstances. So why did we do it? You know?
1: Well, and I just want to, um, uh, speak to that piece of so like your beloved just had that injury in his neck so you know at fr- I recently realized that oh doing all this I was doing all this soul retrieval stuff for you know people's younger lives and I like one day I was kind of spacey and then I realized and I was like getting like having anxiety reactions to things and then I realized oh my god I just had full loss by a recent event like where I had fraud and my like bank accounts emptied out to zero you know and I didn't realize that in that like shock and trauma of like <gasps> like you know everything getting zeroed out that um that actually part of me checked out And so I needed to do a soul retrieval on the part of me. So it can happen. It's not just past. It's anytime. Anytime part of us gets that, like the jolt, the trauma, the, you know, something that causes that kind of reaction that we still have to bring ourselves. I mean, and that's part of my daily ritual is just, you know, at the end of every day, releasing everybody else's energy from my body and bringing any fragmented parts of me home. You know, just in a, and on a daily, like that's just like spiritual hygiene. Like that's a non-negotiable spiritual hygiene of just daily, you know, the, the, I release anybody else's energy from my field and I call all parts of me back home.
0: I love that because that is definitely something that I've been called to do on a very regular basis as well. And so I wanted to back up a little bit. I mean, and we're talking about ritual again, whenever I talk about ritual and ceremony, you know, I, the way I've explained it in workshops that I've taught is, you know, if when you have your nice cozy little coffee in the morning, that's a ritual. It doesn't have to be this super witchy, you know, like cauldron stirring, you know, thing. And so, um, and even weddings, those are rituals. That's ceremony. You know, like we have all of these things in our culture um that are ritualistic and are ceremonial and 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 in a lot of spaces we've lost it so i'm just a little curious about if you want to share with us a little bit about your daily your weekly your monthly your annual rituals i mean clearly we've got a now five days silent quarterly um <laughs> retreat which which speaks to my heart clearly like i love silence and and all of the goodness that comes with that so Yeah. Explain a little bit more. What's, what's, what's in there for you?
1: Um, yeah. So like on a, on a daily basis, I, um, you know, I have altars that I, that I work with, um, you know, with like, I mean, for me, it's like setting up like crystal grids, it's lighting candles, it's calling in spirit, you know, like working with, um, specific intentions, you know, like it may be like one crystal grid that I'm working with multiple points of it over several months, you know, like of intention in bigger parts of my life. Um, and, uh, um, I just got slightly distracted because I saw that my daughter texted <laughs> mom, mom brain just, came. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, so, so however, however you connect into spirit, you know, like we all have our own ways. So I have my own rituals, but there's power in lighting a candle. There's power because just with the intent, like lighting a candle is a process. So each of these processes, um, it it creates a consciousness, you know, and so like on a daily basis, I have my altar where I cut flowers from my yard and I connect into spirit by creating offerings. Um, you know, which was very much uh, like being in Bali had a huge impact on me in terms of witnessing daily daily ritual, daily ceremony, daily offerings, and daily connection to the divine that's for me, that's my ritual is the connection to the divine, bringing intention into the co-creation of how we work with spirit. Um, so, uh, Um, you know, you can have rituals, your ritual can be, you know, making your coffee, making your tea, making a warm beverage and sitting down with your journal and lighting a candle and, uh, lighting some incense, you know, like having a smell or putting your essential oils on like things that, things that cause you to, to connect in whatever that looks like for you. You know, it's just, it's simple things, but an olfactory response, you know, can then, um, I mean, (laughs) uh, uh, like years ago when my kids were little, I would, you know, like the only time that I could work on my business was like at night after my kids went to bed and then I'd go to Starbucks and I would drink like a green tea latte. And to this day, drinking a green tea latte puts me into like, I'm in work creative mode now. Like, so it just, you know, like just like modern day ritual, but like, but it's something that evokes the feeling of a container that puts you in, um, what's, yeah, exactly. And so daily rituals like that. And then I'm very connected to, um, you know, the moon rituals and, um, uh, you, you know connecting into the cycles of the moon and just recently a powerful ritual for me um, has been on the new moon just stating one intention like when you work with moon rituals it's inward it's inward work um Like people think, oh, full moon release. I want to release that. And I want to release that. I want to release that. And new moon intentions. like, I need a new car. And I needed it. And you start like making a list of all of these things. And so um, the work that I've been doing more so recently is is when you release drama, it's like it's not all the stuff. One inward intention on the new moon is so powerful. Just one intention. So you're starting a lunation cycle. It's the beginning of you know that next cycle, which connects us into our periods. It connects us into our female uh, rhythm of those 30-day cycles. And so one inward intention, meaning like if you have relationship drama going on, um, your one inward intention may be, I am peaceful. Where you drop down into like looking at what's going on in your life and what is it that you're actually claiming underneath all? What is it that you actually want underneath all that? So you wanna you want to heal that relationship or whatever. Like what I really want in my life is I want peace. You know. So it's just a simple: I am worthy. I am peaceful. I am valuable. I am safe. And it's one statement that you work with over the next couple weeks until the full moon and then on the full moon noticing what happens right before the full moon that's one thing that you're releasing and circumstances will start showing up for you that um that give you the information of what you actually want to release and and it's one simple thing. One, I've always been into like the simplest processes to me are always the most powerful. And we just want to add all these things, but throw in the car and I want this and I want that. I, you know, like, And instead it's like simplify, simplify, just start getting clear. And when you start working in that way of the one simple intention, the one simple release through the course of a 30-day cycle, Magic happens. Like it's amazing what will show up for you. In the in the triggers that it shows up to start clearing, and in the magic that shows up. Like that process has caused life to quantum leap for me. That simple. So I'm aware of our time here. We're kind I of, love that. No, <laughs> I fe- yeah, I feel
0: like that is the perfect space to like wrap up because it's such a tangible tool that people can take back and really yeah quantum leap their life or or just grow in a really beautiful way so thank you for sharing that and so i know that you had a free gift that you wanted to share with us so i would love to hear about what that is
1: um yeah uh Um, I have a program called receive that is a series of um, five activations um, or maybe it's six actually um, channeled activations with the alchemist that are um, all about opening your heart to receiving Um, opening your heart to uh, receiving your own medicine to receiving prosperity to receiving abundance but just opening opening you up to receiving <laughs> on all levels of your life. It's such, it's such a powerful series. So I do these channels. I, as you know, I do, uh, for almost 10 years now, I've been doing channeled activations and DNA activations. And um, they're just super powerful. But that's the series that just dropped in, um, to, for everyone that's listening in, if you would like that.
0: I love the, that. Uh, and yeah. so, where can people find that? Um,
1: I will give you a link, a link. to post. Okay. Um, you know, my website is uh dot com. I n a l u k a s dot com. And and just on my website, if you sign up for my newsletter, there's a free prosperity activation download. Um, but I'll give you a specific link so that people, cause normally the receive program is a paid one, but I'll, but I'll give you a link so people can get it for free so they can click on that. And just also on my website, there's a salty page and that has tons of free, um, salty episodes that I've done, channeled Q and A's channeled activations on money, love, um, relationships and, um, yeah, people can work. I work with people one-on-one over the phone anywhere in the world. And I do, uh, in-person workshops, um, here in Encinitas and, um, and around the country and then retreats. I have my retreat with Janet in Peru in March. So there's all kinds of ways that people can
0: play with me. I love that. And, and just a testimonial again for the soul tea they're amazing. Like it's like done every Saturday and they're just short, you know, 25, 30 minutes, maybe max. Um, again, like channeled messages from the alchemists that are just loving and peaceful and supportive and nourishing. And they're just really beautiful. And I know that I've sent you messages before, like, I love these. Thank you so much. Like they're, they're just really, really special. So There's so much that people can, you know, you can, if you feel called to work with Ina, if you want to talk to her more, do the soul retrieval work, um, download the receive activations. We'll have the links in the description for you. Um, Ina Lucas, thank you so much for joining us today. I really, thank you, you, honey. Really appreciate it so much. The work that you're doing in the world is really, really important. Um, helping people heal helping people uh, really step into their brilliance is what it feels like for me and it's it's important work so thank you
1: thank you and likewise thank you for bringing through this work in the divine feminine that you are it's so necessary
0: thank you So this has been the Divine Feminine Leaders podcast. We appreciate you so much for listening, watching. We are on YouTube if you're not listening to us there. Um, We're also on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. And if you felt touched, moved, shifted in some way by this episode or any of the other ones, please share the love with anybody that you feel would really benefit from these, these podcasts, from this work. Uh, you can subscribe to get the latest goods. And I just want to let you know that we so appreciate all of you. We're all here in the greater collective consciousness doing really important work on this planet. And this is the Divine Feminine Leaders podcast. We are a feminine view of entrepreneurship for women by women. And I am Celeste Hartwell. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Celeste.